0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, March 18th, 2022. Well, who's afraid of the big bad wolf? That's the question asked in the old children's song. And well, as a child, I was. Uh, The Big Bad Wolf and the Three Little Pigs and Little Red Riding Hood. I saw a version of one of those as a kid and uh, the Big Bad Wolf became a recurring character in my dreams as a child that would scare me. Well, I don't know what you were scared of as a child. I don't know what the recurring characters in your nightmares were, but thankfully we grow out of those things. But we don't fear the unreasonable things, the monsters of our childhood dreams anymore. But that doesn't mean that there's nothing that scares us as we grow up. I think a lot of grown-ups, they're not scared of the big bad wolf, but they're scared of the big bad tomorrow. They look out at the future, and they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know how their needs are going to be met, and it's, it's scary. It's horrifying to some people. Well, Jesus is going to teach us how to deal with that today he is going to teach us that we shouldn't be afraid of the big bad tomorrow that there's some someone we should trust in and there's something else that we should focus on so let's look at this account in luke chapter 12, where today we're looking at verses 22 through 40. Now, a lot of the content of this will be very similar to what we have read in Matthew chapter 6. But remember, we're reading through chronologically, and it seems that this is a topic that Jesus addressed multiple times throughout his ministry. And if you think about it, that's not weird. A lot of pastors even now that would travel today, uh, there's some similar sermons that they might give in several places, as the people they're with at that time have not heard some of these things before. So Jesus comes back to uh, these very similar themes that we've seen earlier as he starts in verse 22 to his disciples. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Now, he's telling them not to be anxious about their life. And specifically, he highlights worries about food and worries about clothing. Now, those might not be things that scare you on a regular basis. We live in a much different time. We live in a much different society where back then it was a much more agrarian society, hand-to-mouth society, people basically living to sustain their lives and to get food and eat it. Now, we live in a much more advanced economy where most of your jobs are not focused on growing food that you and your family will eat, whether there's grocery stores, things like that. You're not making most of you your own clothing you're buying that at a store these aren't things that we think of but these were the big concerns then, And that's where people today, though, still worry a lot about finances. They worry about providing for their futures. It might look a little different, but it looks, in a lot of ways, the heart of it is the same. Uh, being frightened about the future and what it may bring. Now, Jesus is going to give us a couple strong warnings about why uh, that's not right. And the first is, Really is it doesn't help and it doesn't actually make sense. He uses examples from nature first to help us show it doesn't make sense. Consider the ravens; they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Consider the birds; they don't have four hundred one ks, they don't have retirement accounts, they don't have equity in a home, yet God feeds them. You know how much more will He feed you and, and also, later he, um, talks about the lilies and how they neither toil nor spin yet how beautiful they are and here even as we approach springtime we are ready to see some of the beauty of nature as it comes to life again they didn't do anything to prepare for that that's god providing and in the middle he asks a, a very fair question in verse 25 and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life does worry help you actually feel better No, usually worry is actually detrimental to your health. It's not helping you. So we want to freak out about tomorrow. And the first thing Jesus wants to say is, well, that that doesn't make sense. Then really the second thing uh, that he rebukes them for is that that's not godly it's not godly to freak out about the future i mean in verse 29 or 28 when he's talking about the grass which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven how much more will he clothe you oh you of little faith he rebukes them for your faith and then he calls them out in verse 30, for all the nations of the world seek after these things. You know, eating and drinking and clothing. That's what, as it says in Matthew 6, that's what the Gentiles seek. And your father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. So there we see God, he, he cares about us. And God is committed to providing for his people. And he's saying, don't worry about all of that. That's what the world does. And so not only does he remind us that worry doesn't make sense, not only does he remind us that worry isn't helpful and that it's not godly, he gives us something else to focus on. Hey, instead of just focusing on the future and providing for yourself in a frightening future, focus on God's kingdom. And, and serve that. And look at, how, look how extreme he goes on to say, fear not little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So instead of, and again, remember, we just read about the rich fool who hoarded up wealth for himself to say, hey, I'm just going to relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Here he's saying, no, take the opposite approach. Sell what you have. Be generous. Uh, Because look at that guy. He died because he was a fool and he didn't enjoy his wealth. No, you focus on the kingdom. Focus on being generous. Focus on serving God with your wealth and trust that God will provide for you. Put your treasure in heaven. And then really it's connected to just this idea of being watchful, staying awake, being dressed for action because the son of man is coming at an hour when we do not expect. And when we're living life and worry and focusing on the the, the future and this world and what that's going to look like, uh, God's saying, no, focus on the kingdom because you don't know when the son of man is coming back. So focus on that and I will provide for you. I mean, I love verse 32, fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We've got a kingdom waiting for us. We don't need to worry about the particulars. And that also reminds us this world is not our home. We've got a home that's coming. So let's not spend all our time worrying about this home. Let's focus on our future home. Let's focus on the kingdom of God. Let's focus on serving God. So, I hope that helps you as you think through what are the things that you worry about. Well, spend more time concerning yourself with the kingdom of God and trust all those other details God can and God will provide. For you, It is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Stay focused on him, serve him, and he will provide. Stay ready for his return at any moment and make that your focus. So spend some time thinking about that today. Uh, Maybe even lift up some of the things you're worried about to God and remind yourself in prayer that he is your father. He knows that you need these things. Um, And then turn your prayers really to God's kingdom, the advance of the gospel, to your church, to missionaries, to your evangelistic opportunities, to your ministry opportunities. Focus on those things and God will take care of us. That's the lesson that we see here in Luke chapter 12. Now let's go back to our final reading from the book of warriors as we have been calling our reading through numbers and here we tie up some some important things again we're getting a nation ready to take over the land these warriors are getting ready so some of this is preparation for what is going to come in the future we see what the boundaries of that land will be and who the chiefs of the tribes will be in chapter 34 chapter 35 they're to provide cities for the Levites. Remember, the Levites will not get a a land inheritance because their job is not to Um, you know, just work the land and and do all those things. They have jobs that are focused on the service of the Lord, but they need places to live. So from the various tribes, there were to be taken cities that were to be given to the Levites and six of those cities were to be cities of refuge. And that where we see even here, there is a distinction made between murder and manslaughter, where for those that were guilty of manslaughter, where it was not intentional, uh, right? Back in those days, there wasn't the justice system and the courts and all these. There was more, you know, families uh, taking care of themselves and, you know, avenging the loss of somebody. You see this idea of the avenger of blood. Well, here, if you were guilty of manslaughter, you could go to one of these cities of refuge and you were safe there. Uh, But then we see, no, there, there is a distinction between that and murderer and the murderer shall be put to death. And again, you see there kind of a holdover even from the some of the ideas of Ecclesiastes, verse 34, you shall not defile the land in which you live, in the midst of which I dwell, for I, the Lord, dwell in the midst of the people of Israel. It's really about holiness, and, and these laws were meant to help that, make the land a clean, undefiled place for the people of God to live. And then chapter 36, take us back to an earlier scene where these daughters, uh, their, their father died and they didn't have an inheritance. Well, now they say, well, if these daughters marry somebody from another tribe, we'll lose that land. And the rule is, well, no, they have to marry within their father's clan. And so we see that, I mean, it might not be something you feel like, oh, that, that changes my world today, but it, you can see how important that would be to the nation of Israel as they prepare for the conquest. So that wraps up the book of Numbers. And tomorrow we'll start Deuteronomy, which I think is really one of the, the, the books that is overlooked in the Old testament. I mean, you know, usually we think of oh, Genesis, Exodus, and then we lose steam in Leviticus and Numbers, and so a lot of people quit before they ever even get to Deuteronomy. And you're going to see Deuteronomy is such a rich book, really Moses's final sermon before the people are going to cross over into the land. And so Buckle your seatbelts. We're in for a lot of good stuff in the book of Deuteronomy. But as for today, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't be afraid of the future. Uh, Trust in God and focus on serving him and his kingdom. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.